It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. What's up, guys? Thanks for checking out the Lockdown Wizard Show. I'm your host, Ian Evans. Uh, tonight, joined by Arthur Renault. Finally, I don't know if he's done. I don't know if you're done, Arthur, but almost halfway done with the move-in. <laughs> yeah, no, at this point, I'm all the way moved in, settled up, and ready to get started. Nice. Very cool, man. Yeah, we missed you on the pod the last couple of days. Um so, kind of a bombshell day in the NBA today, specifically with news that Kawhi Leonard has been traded from the San Antonio Spurs to the Toronto Raptors in exchange for, essentially, DeMar DeRozan, Pirtle, and also top 20 protected first-round pick. So, essentially, highway robbery. I think the Raptors got off really good here. But we're not going to talk about what it does for the Raptors or for the Spurs. Arthur, I want to talk about what does this do for the landscape of the Eastern Conference in a in a year where really it feels like the teams in the East that have gotten a lot better and a lot deeper. I think Boston just getting healthy again is going to do a lot for them. I think adding Kawhi to Toronto makes them very dangerous and very good if he wants to, you know, if he doesn't sit out. I can't believe we heard reports of that being a possibility. And then the Wizards, too, added a ton of depth. Um, and we'll get into, we'll get more into that later. 
as far as like who improved and who I think maybe got worse. But what do you think as far as the the standings go? Obviously, you know, preseason hasn't even hit yet. This is all speculation. How do you feel this impacts the Washington Wizards specifically? I just think that there's so many question marks across the entire Eastern Conference. Like, there's really no team that you can point at and be like, they're going to be really good because there's changes going on in, on every team. So with the Wizards, you know, we have health that is going to play a factor. You know, hopefully John Wall can come back 100%, Otto Porter, you know, all that good stuff. And the new pieces of Dwight Howard, Jeff Green, Troy Brown, and Austin Rivers, like, there's a chemistry thing that's also going to be going on. And, you know, the the incorporation of Kelly Oubre in his, you know, after another offseason to improve his skill set, there's a lot of question marks on the Wizards that they can either be like a 50-win team or they can blow everything up at the trade deadline and <laughs> be left with just like Otto Porter or one of those players. But every team in the East has those question marks. And like a quick summary, it would be the Celtics are gaining Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving to an Eastern Conference Finals squad. But at the same time, that's going to cost some playing time for some key contributors to that run. You have the Toronto Raptors who just acquired Kawhi Leonard for maybe like one of the MVPs of the regular season in the East and DeMar DeRozan. So like, how's that going to gel? Is he actually going to play? And then you have question marks in Philadelphia in terms of, you know, health and what are, where are they going to get their shooting from? And then lastly, with the Milwaukee Bucks, you have a team that every year it's like, Oh, this team's going to be scary, but this year they have a new coaching staff. So there's a lot of question marks. I feel like this season is going to start with a team like the Detroit Pistons or the Knicks, like starting off in first place, and then everyone's going to figure their stuff out. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with most of that, but it's interesting you talk about <laughs> the different question marks for all the different teams in the East. I think, obviously, for the Wizards, the biggest question is, not not even a question. I think the the most important prominent factor going into this season is health. Like you mentioned, like can John Wall stay healthy? Bradley Beal had a really good season last year as far as health goes. Can he stay healthy? Can Otto Porter finally get his hip under control? Things like that. You know, can can Dwight Howard stay healthy? And then also, can Dwight Howard it's that's the biggest question mark to me for the Wizards. Can Dwight Howard come in and, you know, fit the system and make it work? and be the kind of the dominant big man down low that the team has been missing for the last five years. Um, It's interesting when you talk about Philly. Me and you kind of talked earlier about Philly. I don't know if I'm buying them at all. I I know a lot of people are really high on them. They have really two really special young guys, but you hit the nail on the head. Where are they getting their shooting from? Because they let Bellinelli and Ilyasova, two amazing shooters that – before they added them at the trade deadline last season, Philly was kind of bad. They were, they were like four games over 500. They were kind of a bad team. They were mediocre. They added those two shooters. It gave a lot more space for Ben Simmons to create and kind of hide his deficiencies, his deficiency being that he can't shoot outside of like four feet. 
they don't, they've gotten worse. Philly has done nothing so far. I know the offseason hasn't ended yet. They've done nothing to improve themselves. Like right now, if you're asking me, am I putting the Wizards ahead of Philly? Absolutely I am. Because it's like people aren't actually looking at what they've done. Um, do you think, where do you think the Wizards sit right now? When you, I know it's still a while till the regular season tips off. Where do you see this team now that you've got, like you mentioned, you've got Boston. And then you've got Toronto now with Kawhi Leonard. Let's assume that Kawhi is healthy and that he decides that he, <laughs> he'll he suck up the cold weather and he'll go on the court every night with a pouty face, <laughs> but he'll suck it up and he'll play. And he'll play like the Kawhi that we know he can be. Where do you see the Wizards in the East like going into this season? I optimistic me says they can easily be the second seed. Realistic me feels like just something will happen with health or chemistry where, you know, they might not figure it out until playoff time or like close to playoff time and that'll cost them just like this season. So I would say comfortably they should be able to finish top three. But realistically something might happen to where they're the fifth seed again. But there's too many factors to say I am 100% confident we will be the second seed in the Eastern Conference. Oh, man, number two seed. I mean, like you said, though, it's, it's speculating on health at this point in the year, it's so pointless because it's you'd have to be a psychic, you know? You could say it about literally any team in the NBA. Well, as long as we're healthy, or or you could even make the opposite argument, well, this team could go all the way, but... What if so-and-so gets injured? I don't think it's worth it. All we can do at this point in the year leading up to the season is look at the roster on paper, look at who they have on the depth chart, and go, okay, this team looks pretty good, or this team looks pretty bad. And I kind of agree. I think – I don't know if I like the word comfortably (laughs) for for number two, but but I think the Wizards could absolutely finish – I, when you look at the, the squad, the one through the five, and for the first time ever, at least in the John Wall era, having a bench full of t- actual two-way players, like guys who do offense and defense, I think the number three seed is absolutely just like reasonable and maybe even expected, even after that letdown of a season last year. I think the three to four seed is pretty much where they're going to end up, depending on how the season plays out. And I think depending on depending on things like Kelly Oubre Jr., um, Otto Porter, can he take a step again this season, hopefully? And, of course, Dwight Howard. I think things like that really are going to dictate the ceiling for the team because if Kelly Oubre is all of a sudden playing so well that he supplants someone like Marquise Morris in the starting lineup or Dwight Howard is running to the rim and buying into the system and setting, laying dudes out on screens and cleaning up the offensive glass. He's getting like, you know, 15 to 16 to 17 points a game, getting a very, very small amount of touches in the actual offense. Stuff like that can make, you know, that combined with John Wall coming back healthy and having like a 2016-17 type of season, stuff like that, the team could finish anywhere between the one seed or the four seed. So it really, but I don't know, man. You know, you mentioned Boston. 
what do you think how do you think this team stacks up when you look at like a matchup standpoint when the Wizards go up against the Celtics team last year they beat the Celtics while they were healthy before any injuries took place three games to one they took the regular season series they split it with Toronto obviously do you think you know again from a Wizards standpoint do you think the Raptors got better like do you think they improved by adding Kawhi I think the Raptors definitely have the potential of getting better, mainly because they didn't really give up any major pieces, aside obviously from DeRozan, but you're getting a better player with Leonard. But at the same time, when it comes to the Celtics and how we match up to them, I would say confidently that it's at least, or maybe at worst, like a push. Like it's just going to come down to them playing on the court as corny as that sounds, but I feel like I would I would lean more towards Boston at the moment with the idea that Kyrie and Gordon Hayward are going to come back and everything is going to fix itself and they're going to figure it out. And then off the Celtics bench, they're just going to have so much, uh, like way too much power and like useful depth, unlike, you know, you we have... Jeff Green, who's kind of like a hot and cold type player. We have Austin Rivers, who like we were expecting a good amount from, but at the same time, you can't tell me you're going to trust Austin Rivers over Terry Rozier after what just happened in the playoffs. And then you have like the rest of the the rest of the bench, like Troy Brown, Kelly Oubre, Jan Mahimi, like all those players. I I, I would rather have younger pieces that at least if they're not hitting shots or they're not, you know, contributing offensively, they're going to give you effort. They're going to give you defense, just like we saw with their latest run. So I would still say I I give the edge to Boston, but because of chemistry and maybe Kyrie and Gordon Hayward don't mesh and maybe the Celtics just lose their identity and they're kind of like definitely beatable. I just think the major thing is that there's no team that's unbeatable in the East, and that just gives everyone an opportunity to try and go for it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think to wrap up this segment, um, it's interesting because the East is still wide open. I I know a lot of people are getting sick of that. Everyone's getting so annoyed at every single analyst and journalist and host of a show saying the East is wide open. For the first time in years, it is. Like, LeBron leaving the Eastern Conference gives all of these teams, I'd say in the top four or five seeds, a legitimate shot and a window to actually compete. Like, not just get to the Eastern Conference Finals and and lose, to actually compete for a shot to come out of the East. It's a legit. It's a thing that any of the teams we've mentioned could actually pull off this year. And a lot of it's going to have, like any team that gets to the Finals, it's going to have to do with talent, but it's also going to have to do with luck. It's also going to have to do with like which way the ball bounces, which way the ball breaks. I think, and, and to wrap up this segment, do you th- agree with me? The Wizards have, for the first time, maybe, maybe ever, maybe legitimately ever, because I know in 2016-17, a lot of people were high on this team because Wall had a very special season that year, but... For the first time maybe ever, do you agree that 
this team could absolutely come out of the East. Yes, but I also want to say no, because like what we saw last season has left a bad taste in my what I think about the Wizards, like even before Wall got injured and all that. Like so many nights where you can definitely you can definitely tell that they took a night off against the lottery teams. You can tell that they just weren't really into it, like they were coasting. And like I've mentioned a million times on here, like my biggest issue with the Wizards is the the sense of accomplishment that they feel for whatever reason. And, you know, when LeBron went to L.A., all the Wizards media people were like, oh, my God, the East is wide open. And the Twitter account and Instagram account for NBC Washington, NBC Sports Washington was like, oh, the East is wide open. Like, this is it. That, that's not good enough. Just because a player leaves from a team doesn't mean your team is next to ascend unless you make improvements to do so. Now, obviously, we, we kind of fixed it with, like, acquiring certain pieces, but there no it's not a shoe in like oh we're next in line like we're going to go to the eastern conference finals the sixers and the pacers and the bucks they're all going to be gunning for that and that's without mentioning the celtics and the raptors so that's already like six teams that are all going to be with the same idea of oh the east is wide open so yes i would say this is by far the best opportunity to make the eastern conference finals because as i mentioned there's no team that i would deem unbeatable but no i'm not any more confident that we can do it because this team's mindset is in the wrong spot yeah i i see what you're saying specifically about last season the the thing i the thing that I dislike about looking at one season in a vacuum is that it doesn't take into account what the team has done, what not just the Wizards, what any team has done over the course of three to four years. And I think when you look at like data and you try to take that and use it in a meaningful way and, and walk away from that data with an opinion or with a conclusion, you can't just look at one year. And I think with the Wizards, they were on the upswing for, what, three seasons in a row. And then they had one down year last year. And it's interesting to me because they have, I've never seen a team, and specifically with John Wall, a player, fall so hard, so fast in the public eye. I've never seen anything like it, Arthur. Like, literally... Everyone has forgotten that John Wall's good at, a good basketball player. No one remembers him. No one's talking about him. No one remembers what the team did to a Hawks team before there was the Spurs East before John Wall broke his hand. No one remembers that it swept the Toronto Raptors. I, you know, I know this is a long time ago. We're talking 2015-16. And in 2016-17, you took a Boston Celtics team to Game 7 with a roster that I didn't think was that good. <laughs> like, I didn't think that team was the, that good. I think John Wall and Bradley Beal during the regular season played very special, and spe- particularly in the playoffs, John Wall played really well until Game 7 and kind of carried that team. I think people are kind of sleeping on the Wizards. I think they're sleeping on their talent, 
and I think they're sleeping on what the ceiling for this team could be. Obviously, you're not because you're saying you're saying the number two seed. So, but um, I guess we'll see, man. I guess we'll figure it all out. Um, real quick, guys, we're gonna take a break here from our sponsors, and on the flip side, we're gonna have a quick segment to end the show. Who's the best player in the East? We'll talk about that just in a second. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Thanks for checking out the Locked On Wizard show. Guys, don't forget, no matter who your favorite team is, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just go to any search engine, type in Locked On, any team name, and there's going to be a show with local experts and awesome insight and opinions. No matter who you love, no matter what your favorite team is, keep it locked in. All right, Arthur. We're going to wrap up the show here with... A simple question, but maybe maybe not as simple as it seems on the surface. I'm going to ask you, now that Kawhi Leonard is in the Eastern Conference, and, and, and use context and try to be objective. I know we're huge Wizards fans. I think before this trade, it was pretty clear, in my opinion, that John Wall was the best all-around player in the East. But now Kawhi Leonard's on the Raptors. There's an injury history there. We don't really know how healthy he is still. No one really does because he's kind of keeping it very secret. He hasn't played basketball in like a year, almost. Who is the best player in the Eastern Conference this season? Going into the season, I would say the stage is set up for the Greek freak to finally flourish and take this mantle that everybody and Greece has been saying that he is prepared to do so. It's a good one, man, yeah. Giannis. But at the same time, I've always kind of been eh on the Greek freak, mainly because I think he's a product of a bunch of hype. And obviously he's a monster, like he's a beast. But at the same time, like I'm taking LeBron over him 10 times out of 10. Well, you're taking um, LeBron over everyone, right? I mean... <laughs> Bro, yeah, yeah, but I swear some people are like, this is the next LeBron, like all that stuff, like, sure. But at the same time, like, I would I would personally take, I mean, nobody would probably agree with this, but I would take Wall over Giannis as well. And I know that's definitely not a popular opinion because everyone hates John Wall, but at the same time, if you want someone to set up the team, to it's, lead your team, to, you know, not, I don't know, like everything that you need from a franchise player, that's your guy. Yeah, and Giannis is, you know, it's so funny you bring up like John Wall hate. He's, where did it come, where did that come from? He, everyone loved him. And now everyone was just dumping on him. I don't, I've never seen anything like it. I didn't understand the hate. 
to say that I, I believe the hate stems from a lot of people really didn't like how vocal John was about how like the likes of Reggie Jackson made more money than him. But again, <laughs> Walt was being underpaid, severely underpaid. If Reggie Jackson, like I can't even tell you what team that dude plays for. Yeah. I can just tell you that I think the last time I saw him was when I saw Get Out because he looks exactly like the main actor in the movie. Uh, Did people that, care about the Reggie Jackson comment? Like, I don't remember that. Like, he was underpaid, but that's just the way the cap works out. Did people? I don't remember that being a huge deal. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying, like, when I see trolls and stuff, they're like, "Oh, he complains about not making enough money." Um, well, he does. He doesn't club. anymore. <laughs> he's at the strip club, like throwing a bunch of bills. He should be donating to schools, even though he already does that. And he does he so much no charity work, dude. Yeah, exactly. He in no way has to do any charity work. And then the last part is his game seven performance against the Celtics. You know, people that only tune in for a game and a series and saw him put up zeros and in a time where the Wizards really needed a. A basket, but they don't understand the knee surgeries, the, the amount of minutes he played, the context. They just see, oh my God, he missed his last twenty shots or whatever it was to lose the game. But, yeah, I mean over exaggeration, but yeah, I mean, I yeah. think it was what was it? it was like eleven, but he was beat down, man. He was so beat down at that yeah. point, which was and what the Celtics planned watched, to do. But. Anyone that watched that game knows that we lost that game because of Scott Brooks when he put in, uh, was it Jason Smith or Yamahimi or something, but. It was Scott Brooks. Yeah, there's questionable, really questionable late game rotations there, that he kind of felt. I don't know why he felt like he had to do that because the Wizards were winning for most of that game. Um, and then also, like Bradley Beal was having an amazing game. Yep. And this is the game that Wall decides, you know, to need a partner to carry the team, and it's just it just wasn't enough. So in my opinion, that just shows how much we need Wall to be the guy that fired. 40 points, like 15 assists. That That's the wall we need. But everybody has him on this pedestal for whatever reason. Yeah, there's. I don't know why people are forgotten. I think this season is going to be a good reminder to people about how great he is. Um, it's going to be – it's actually going to be kind of entertaining because everyone's going to act like it's some sort of revelation. Whoa, John Wall so good at basketball. Where'd this – and it's like, have you been watching for the last yeah, – Like I mentioned, like some of the critiques are fair. Like he's lazy on defense. He, like, talks a lot. He's the best point guard in the East, all this stuff. But still, like, put on some highlights of – tell me one NBA player that is a point guard that can stop LeBron on the block and transition that into a fast-break basket into a one-man wrecking machine. Man, I remember, I remember specifically what you're talking about. It was the game LeBron went off last season on the Wizards. And he, he scored on John Wall maybe three times in a row. But then there was there was but then after that, no, it was four times in a row actually. Yeah. But then there it's not like he folded over yeah. after like one backup. Like it's LeBron James. It's one of the greatest players of all time. <laughs> but if you like, were John Wall. And if you remember though, there was t- three straight possessions after that where John Wall stripped him. He stole the ball from him that f- first time. Second time Ended up getting a 24-second violation against LeBron James on the block. And then the third time, he got a steal again, a deflection. And it led to a fast-break layup, like you said. And, like, there's not a lot of guards. There's not a lot of guards who can do that. 
you know? Like, exactly. You're going to tell me that Isaiah Thomas can do that. You're going to tell me Kyrie Irving, Kyle Lowry. Um, I can't even think of other point four and Dragic. I don't even know. I think, You're going to tell me any of those dudes can do that? No, and I, and I think to – we're going to finish up here. Um, I think that's what frustrates a lot of people. Wizards fans, sure. Also, you know, people much smarter than you or I that are journalists and analysts – he is so gifted and so talented, and when he's engaged and locked in on defense, he is first-team all-defense. He's he's one of the absolute best defenders maybe we've seen in the last decade to come into the NBA. It's just that so often he doesn't care. If the moment's not huge, if it's not like really meaningful basketball, he just doesn't care. And I think that's kind of frustrating. I don't know if you can ask John Wall to be locked in for 82 games of the season, but I think it's reasonable for us as fans of him and, and people who watch the sport. Um, I think it's reasonable to expect that he kind of, you know, that he stays engaged more often than he does. But I kind of, I agree with what you're saying. I think if I, honestly though, I think if I had to pick between Giannis and Wall right now, I would pick Giannis um, only because of age and because of upside, and because of durability going forward. Um, I think John Wall's a better player today. I really do. I, don't, I, I know some people disagree with that, like you said. I think right now, John Wall's a better NBA player that does more for a team than what Giannis does right now. But I think best player in the East, I think it's going to be Kawhi. I think Kawhi's going to have a really good year for the Raptors. I think that team's going to be really good in the East. Um, I'm more concerned about them from the Wizards' point of view than I am Boston. So we'll see what happens, man. Any uh, any last thoughts before we sign off here, Arthur? Anything you want to say? Yeah, I just think um, with DeMar DeRozan leaving, the Wizards might have three all-stars. And if things stay kind of like with the there has to be a center type thing, even though last year that wasn't the case, the Wizards might have four All-Stars if they're like top three in the East by the All-Star break. And I don't think I want that to happen, even though it would mean like everything's working out. Because then that just, it might all blow up in the playoffs or towards the end of the season, but you know who benefits from that? Ernie benefits from that, and I don't know if it's worth Wall, Beal, Otto, and Dwight Howard to be all-stars when Dwight is probably going to dip if that happens after the season, and then we're going to be back to a square one because we don't have any assets going forward. So, Oh, man, I don't know. This is another topic for another another episode, but sign me up for... The Wall, Beal, Otto, Dwight, four All-Stars. It's just, it looks good on paper, but who was your competition? <laughs> like, who's... Dude, who? I, again, I disagree. Man, so there, there's a few things we disagree on. We'll have to talk about this another time, because yeah. I actually, think the, I actually think the East is loaded. I think if you take away the Warriors and the West, the East is better than the Western Conference right now. But we'll talk about this another time. We're talking about yeah, we definitely just came up with our next podcast because <laughs> I'm curious.
curious to see what that means. Yeah, I think the East is legit. So we'll see, man. Um, guys, thank you for checking out the Locked On Wizard Show. Don't forget to follow us. We're always we're always open. Um, don't be afraid to shoot us a message, shoot us a tweet. We try we try to get back to everyone we can. You can follow myself at the real Ian underscore E. Uh, you can find Arthur at District Mamba. Uh, Becca wasn't able to join us tonight, but you can find Becca at Becca MVP. And of course, don't forget to follow the show at Lockdown Wizards. Guys, thank you so much for checking out the show. We'll catch you next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 